Hello and welcome to Romance Isn't Dead, episode 36. Let's hear it for the boy. Ray, how are we doing? Um, not too bad. <laughs> we are uh, I'm self-isolating already, or at least on the weekends I am. <laughs> yeah, uh, just for our listeners, we record these in advance. So right now we are in the midst of the coronavirus outbreak around the world. And so if we make, if we make reference to that, just sort of understand where we are. If you're hearing this in two years, maybe it'll be like, <laughs> but right now it's just kind of like really tell me more about this coronavirus that you don't seem to understand <laughs> so well, the guy that's dealing with it over here seems to be pretty com competent I suppose. oh that's good that's good i'm glad to hear that well he dealt with ebola virus outbreaks in africa so mm -hmm. well my government fired the people that dealt with the ebola stuff and sort of kept us safe during the ebola thing so they're gone now Apparently, they thought that they could just rehire those people, no problem. I'm not sure how that works, but whatevs. Well, they probably found other jobs elsewhere. Maybe. Who knew? <laughs> it's, it... Yeah, your, your face says everything. <laughs> Super impressed. Very impressed. Very impressed. Well, how's it been going? Aside from self-isolation, which as introverts, we're like, we've been living for this. But Yeah, this, I'm, I've actually, I think I was born for the self-isolation thing. I mean, okay, so it's only on the weekends that I self-isolate because work, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you have to do Monday through Friday means that I see people, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I get home and it's crochet, book. I'm watching Chuck at the moment on Amazon mm -hmm. from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm trying to think See, what I've watched recently. It seems like I've watched something recently. The Witcher. The Witcher. Oh, I, I, yeah, I watched that. Mm -hmm. I watched we The Witcher. We discussed it a while ago thinking, would it be an appropriate thing to discuss on Romance Isn't Dead? But then... Well, I'm reading the books, too. But it's more our romance with Henry Cavill through the screen. Well, he does have a love interest, but it was written by a man, and it's kind of not written. It it, it it fails to meet that sort of romance criteria of sort of being written for women kind of thing. But it's still, it's it's got some romance in it, but not, I mean, I wouldn't give it a chili pepper rating or anything, but it's got some romance in it. You could give him a chili pepper rating. You could. That's about a... 20? I was going to go with a 9.8, but 20. <laughs> Especially in the bath scenes, and there are lots of them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. They they know what they have. They are playing to an audience, and they're not saying to their audience, you're wrong to like this character. Like some franchises I could mention, sorry, still bitter. <laughs> <laughs> still bitter. Yeah. We're moving away from that particular movie right now, and we are talking about a classic from the early 80s, an absolute... I was I watched it this morning, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and all I could think was even the starting credits, the opening credits with the boots all dancing along, 
Mm-hmm. I could see the shoes and all I could think was, yeah, this was filmed in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's hear it for the boy. We're talking about Footloose today. We're not talking about that remake from the, um, from the 2000s. We're talking about 1984's Footloose, starring none other than Kevin Bacon. And I think this is the earliest movie I've ever seen Kevin Bacon in, honestly. What about you? I think it probably was. He's got... um has a very very sharp face in this film mm-hmm. young 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 but yes yeah very young but it always struck me and it's quite funny because you look at this and you look at the movie and out of the movie the cast the younger cast mm-hmm. only two of them actually really made it big mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah him uh kevin bacon and sarah and sarah jessica parker i nearly said sarah Je- sarah michelle geller then she wasn't <laughs> <laughs> sarah she was jessica a- parker yeah yeah, and and Sarah Jessica Parker sort of pays that best friend role, right? The perky. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but John Lithgow is in this one too, isn't he? The the and the dad. But that's not the. They're not the younger character. I mean, you made that caveat. They're the younger actors. So, yeah. um, I have got a synopsis here for someone. Who may? I'm sorry. I have a synopsis here for someone who may not have read it, the book. Um, no, what the film? The film. It's a film. <laughs> I haven't had any caffeine today. Please be quiet. And the time changed. I'm working. I'm working on it. Uh huh. So summary from IMDb. Classic tale of teenage rebellion and repression features a delightful combination of dance choreography and realistic and touching performances. I don't know about that, but okay. Um, the realistic part. <laughs> yeah. When teenager Ren McCormick and his family move from big city Chicago to a small Midwestern town, he's in for a real case of culture shock. Though he tries hard to fit in, the streetwise Ren can't quite believe he's living in a place where hard rock music and dancing are illegal. However, there's one small pleasure, Ariel Moore, a troubled but lovely blonde with a jealous boyfriend, a Bible-thumping minister who is responsible for keeping the town dance-free. Ren and his classmates want to do away with the ordinance, but only Wren has the courage to initiate a battle to abolish the outmoded ban and revitalize the spirit of the repressed townspeople. Fast-paced drama is filled with now-famous hit songs such as the title track, Footloose, and Hear It for the Boy. Let's hear it for the boy. Yes, I know. Sorry. And Hotcap <clears throat> Hero and Never Ever, which is my favorite song on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite scene in the movie, mm-hmm. I have to be honest. What do you like about that scene? The fact that it is driven, dark, the music is really thumping, and this is really showing my age. <laughs> well, give a, give a little bit more context to that. Well, he's just, mm-hmm. he is really struggling to fit in. Mm-hmm. He is um, being tormented at school by the mm-hmm. teachers and the students alike because he's not grown up in small town America. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and. It really, I mean, that really is for me. Growing up, we only saw America through TV and movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was, for me, I think the scenes that really stuck with me were the scene in the warehouse where he's dancing and doing gymnastics. He's just been kicked off the gymnastics squad as well because he's apparently trouble. Um the scene with that I think 
the one of the the opening scene is very very strong as well where you've got the minister played by John Lithgow um lecture basically lecturing to everybody that everything apart from what he teaches is evil mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I mean it has motive which you discover later on but at the same time it seems a bit extreme and so the Over image the we yeah the, the the image that we had of small town america was book burning by the thumping <laughs> <laughs> but it's true that's the image we got okay having With grown up person, yeah. having grown up in small town america that's not exactly how that worked <laughs> but that's the image that we saw yes 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 Yes. The image that we saw was the Bible thumping, book burning, the church ruled everything. Okay, well, that's not exactly wrong. <laughs> See, whereas over here, it's not the same. Mm-hmm. But then that's why you left. <laughs> well, my ancestors didn't leave for religious freedom. They left for other reasons. But yeah, a lot of people did leave for religious freedom for themselves, not for anybody else, just for themselves. Yeah, Everybody but, else but they thought was wrong. Yeah. Like we I said, have for themselves. We have a lot more li- religious freedom here, I think, now, definitely, in the UK. Sure, 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 sure. No, no, absolutely. That's, that goes without saying, I think. Um, anything in... Mm, there, there is a school of thought that, Christ, that, that, that Europe is post-Christian, which is sort of an interesting thought process i'm not sure that i entirely buy it but that it, there is a school of thought that europe is post-christian in terms of like they're completely out of the the christian you know mindset but anyway um religion that, is not a subject that you should discuss on right, right unless right. your podcast is about religion yeah but yeah i mean i'm not yeah, I'm, I'm actually not going to be, I'm not invested in that topic. It's not anything that I need to, like, really it's, it's such, about. I think that it's such a controversial subject mm-hmm. in general. Right, it is. It? Religion, politics, mm-hmm. and well, I think it's religion and politics are the two subjects that say you should never discuss, especially in the workplace. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well... <laughs> And sometimes it's kind of hard when, you know, there's a coronavirus outbreak or whatever. Uh, but so, no, I actually kind of had a run in with a colleague about this, but I did. I, was like, I thought you were smarter than this, man. I guess not. I, I mean, I didn't say that. I just thought it. But anyway, um, no. We're talking about the movie. Right, exactly. So that's why I said, but anyway. So <laughs> what I was going to say was that this movie yes there's romance in it but it is very much to me subjugated to sort of this battle against the heroine's dad right who as the preacher plays the role of the villain in trying to keep the town really repressed and these kids not able to dance because come on i mean they just want to have a prom you know it's not that's the thing i don't think it's when you listen to some of the things that he says Mm -hmm. i don't think he i mean he feeds it definitely mm-hmm. but he's not the guy that starts the book burning at the library no 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 no. but that's the or the one that starts the who throws a brick through right Ren, uncle's window and everything else but he it's starts, ma- but he's making a, they're making a commentary on extremism right yeah so where does the line get drawn and and that's 
that's the question like where this is the commentary on extremism so if you're we're drawing the line on people dancing or whatever or and you discourage your children from reading Harry Potter right where's the line between discouraging your children from reading and burning the book banning the book right because the banned book movement has been around for a long time and maybe they don't ban books in Britain but they have banned oh, books okay. well in the states I well, think about it. We were one of the, we banned um, Lady Chatterley's Lover under the Obscene Publications Act. Um, we, oh, oh, there was another book that was, we weren't allowed to read The Color Purple at school. It was in the locked cupboard. Mm-hmm. Um, there were certain books that they didn't exactly ban us from reading. Mm-hmm but they discouraged us from reading. Well, today... Which is why I read Lady Chatterley's Lover for my GCSEs, even though I wasn't meant to. Well, the thing about um, banned books, like librarians in particular hate banned books. Like, they don't like to ban books because books. And I used to work at high school, and one of the things that they did yearly was they'd put up a poster with a bunch of banned books that were YA, that they were written for you know, high school students and whatnot, including the Harry Potter books and the Twilight books and all sorts of other books that were banned in various places or have been banned in various places. Mm. And you would go up and you would sign your name by all the books that you've read that were the banned books. And it was just a point of pride to read books that people banned. I'm imagining (laughs) that Forever by Bloom was one of them at some point. I'm sure, but they, they were really picking books that were very, like, Mark Twain books have routinely been banned in this country and they're considered great American literature, but people routinely ban Mark Twain books. So that I've read the, a lot of them, but well, that's the funny, that was the thing that made me laugh is they're talking about, um, they were talking about how this English teacher at the beginning of the film, they're saying, Oh, this English teacher wants to read that book. And Ren says, Oh, that's brilliant. That's a classic. And he said, mm-hmm. no, that's not maybe where you're from. He said, no, everywhere is a classic. Mm-hmm. And he said, Oh no, Tom Sawyer, that's a classic. Mm-hmm. And that is such a 1980s thing because in the 2000s, mm-hmm. that would have been considered a classic anymore because of the inherent racism in the book. Mm-hmm. Well, it it is... I would say that, that Mark Twain is still a classic, but, mm-hmm. but like classic American literature, and it's a brilliant example of local color writing and... You know, I'm not defending Mark Twain or or Tom Sawyer or whatever, but but it was the, a reflection the, of the times it was written. Right, in. of course, of course. I think we all have to understand that. And beyond, but beyond that, this movie I think is a social commentary, and and it was during it did come out during the 80s, right? It came out in '84 oh, yeah. when you've got Reagan in office, and there's sort of this turn to conservatism like the resurgence of the conservative movement and so in some ways this is a reaction to the political climate of the United States in the early 1980s and you know we don't necessarily think about that when we look at this movie but it I think I think if you're thinking about the movie critically you almost have to look at it from that context but uh, you know I'm not I could go off on that tangent yeah well it's kind of like the thing that struck me with regard to the um conservative conservatism and everything else was the way that when everything kicks off the first thing that happens is Ren's mum loses her job right. because of what her son's doing 
seen to be doing or considered to be doing at school, mm -hmm. even though he has done his best to fit in. He joined the gymnastics club. He mm -hmm. got a job. The sort of things right. that parents would be proud of their children for doing at school. Right. But he is immediately assumed to be, because he's an outsider, he is immediately assumed to be the one that's in the wrong when anything happens. He's the troublemaker. Yeah, he's the troublemaker. When in reality, he's not that much of a troublemaker. Mm -hmm. Right. He's not the one that starts the fights or does the drugs and supplies the drugs at the school. He's not the one that um, oh, starts all the arguments or throws a brick through a window or goes out drinking. He is trying his best but at the same time he's fighting a lost battle a losing battle against perceptions because right yeah because he is the one that came from chicago mm -hmm. i mean the, the perfect example of that is he's driving with his friend home from school and gets stopped by the police right well the other thing about this is what's going on underneath in the town mm -hmm. is probably from the pastor's point of view, way worse. He just can't see it, right? And so he he picks on something that's really relatively innocuous, dancing, for instance, but he completely misses these other problematic things that are actually happening, right? His daughter, he, and he's horrified to find that his daughter's having sex, and her daughter's... It's an abusive relationship. And, and, and that was my next thing, was... and. The, and her daughter, his daughter is in an abusive relationship and he's missing it. He's completely missing it because she looks so perfect on Sunday morning sitting in the church and he just doesn't, I mean, and then he, when he starts to see it, he gets mad at her about it. And it's like, hey, a sec. <laughs> yeah. That's a bit, yeah. But she says it, doesn't she? Mm -hmm. She's, She's like, sitting there. He came, she came home late. Mm -hmm. She's sitting there the next morning. And but he wants to ban. He wants to blame Ren, and it's not Ren's yeah. fault. But he also says to her, she also says to him, "You don't even acknowledge me while I'm in the house. The minute I leave is when you pay attention." Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then her mother tries to say something. Mm -hmm. She says, "I don't even listen to mum," and he slaps her around the face. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so, that and that today is obviously considered abuse but i don't think in 1984 a single slap would have been considered an abuse and that... no <laughs> and today that... we're horrified but i don't know that it would have been as horrifying in 1984 you see i wasn't horrified by that because i suppose we grew up with that kind of discipline though normally it was a slap on the backside, but we grew up with that kind of discipline these days everything is i mean the the fight that she has with her boyfriend, her ex-boyfriend, mm -hmm. that's abuse. Mm -hmm. yeah. She ends up bruised and bloody from that. That's abuse. Yes, 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 yes. But it's the way he says, oh, I tried to treat you nice. Yeah, no. I grit my teeth at that point and it's like, oh my God, really? Yeah. So, it and, and like I said, it's a commentary on social situation at that time with a great soundtrack with a great soundtrack which it has in common with dirty dancing see that's the thing i think that the 80s movies support so far surpass the movies of the probably mid 90s onwards in that they had all of them had incredible soundtracks 
Well, Flash Dance, mm-hmm. Footloose, the original Fame, Dirty Dancing. Hold um, on. Wild card here. Top Gun. To- I know you're not a big fan of Tom Cruise, but Top Gun soundtrack is amazing. Yeah, but that's from 1983. That's what I'm saying. I'm adding. Like I'm adding it in. I'm at oh, S84. I've got, the, I've got the soundtrack. Yeah. Because amazing. I love Take My Breath. I love this. Um, and the thing that two of those have got in common is Kenny Loggins. But because um, Kenny Loggins did a lot of the soundtrack for Top Gun as well as Footloose. Mm-hmm. But all of those films have so much in common with the soundtrack was a character in the film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They were, they fitted appropriately in with, the, it's kind of like every time I watch Thor Ragnarok and the Damn. end battle scene, yeah, the end battle scene is what 1980s movies were with soundtracks. Right. Because the soundtrack fitted that absolutely perfectly. What's funny about this is Taika Waititi apparently um, had that song, the Led Zeppelin song. Why is it? Why is the title of it escaping me at the moment? I've listened to it routinely. It's on my iPad. Yeah. Uh, um, immigrant song. Immigrant song. Yeah. He added immigrant song at the beginning as a joke, and then realized that it worked so well, right? And then put it at the end, and it was perfect. But yeah. it was almost the battle scene was choreographed to the song. Exactly. Exactly. And it just, the right music can just really help make a movie, I think. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a score. We're not necessarily talking about a score. We're talking about songs that are just appropriate, right? Lost Boys. Mm, Yeah, yeah. Great, great music. Incredible soundtrack. Remake, please don't. Um, No, 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 no. Don't don't make that. That was 1987. In excess, mm. Roger Daltrey, incredible soundtrack. And that, for me, is what made the movies what they are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talked about this when we were talking about Dirty Dancing, saying how a lot of what made the movie great was the soundtrack. Yep. And, not, and it's the same with this one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It has a fantastic soundtrack. And I dare you not to tap your feet when you're listening to it. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I, I I agree with you. And it's one of those things where I I had that same thought. I was like, wow, I don't even know if she's going to want to go into it. But the soundtrack for this movie is just phenomenal. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it is it is what it is. And I think that the era of great soundtracks, unfortunately, I think it's kind of long gone. But I love some of those old, old soundtracks that are really the old age. now. Yeah. Yeah, the 80s soundtracks. I've got an entire playlist of 80s soundtracks on my phone. Mm, nice. And yeah, it's awesome. Right. I mean, even um, movies like um, Electric Dreams, mm-hmm. which is all about the advent of an, an autonomous computer that takes over guy's life, even before computers really were a massive thing. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows the Giorgio Moroder song, Electric Dreams. Mm-hmm. So. Even if they don't know that it came from the film. Right, right, exactly. So, and that's not something that they do anymore. Like, these movies have songs that are, as you said, like hits, you know, that they, they <laughs> have, stay, like, it would be nothing to hear a song from one of these movies on the radio in the 1980s, but not really anymore. I rem- I'm reminded of 
the song that Katniss sang in the Hunger Games. It actually showed up on the radio a couple times, but it wasn't like it, it wasn't. Oh, I the know same what that, kind of, that, yeah. that identifies the movie exactly. And, but it's one of those things where it's kind of like you. It, it's not a song that you just queue up or you. I don't. I don't know. That's the only one in recent memory I can even really remember. But like, if I hear Footloose, like obvious, right? But I danced in my seat. They were playing it. They played it on the radio at work. Well, we were listening to the radio at work on um, Thursday or Friday, and it came up, and I was bopping away in my seat mm-hmm. because it's a, it. They're the sort of songs that I remember very fondly from my childhood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. you're right you listen to those and they immediately take you back to watching the film or singing along with it with your friends. Mm-hmm. It's like we had proper movie hits up where we belong. Mm-hmm. Off the gentleman. Right. Everybody remembers the scene where Richard Gere sweeps Deborah Winger up into his arms at the end in his officer uniform. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. And that is the defining moment of the movie. And in a way, it sets the, the feel of the film. Mm-hmm. And and that's where, say, the song from Mockingjay goes wrong, right? or it isn't the same thing, right? Because it just, it just isn't. These, this, it just isn't the same thing. But it is, I like this movie. It has all the hallmarks of, a 1980s hit of course and things that we don't necessarily culturally love anymore but it's still fun you know it's still fun and I think it, there are some relevant questions to be asked in an age where we're still sort of looking at what should be allowed what shouldn't be allowed you know what goes what doesn't go especially for young people so I think it asks some relevant questions it's just <laughs> VW so bug, like a really old VW bug, man. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. I think that this for us wasn't about so much the romance in the movie. Mm-mm, absolutely. But, not. Rom- but the romance of reminiscence. Mm-hmm. Right. And I am. I'm frustrated by Hollywood because they're they're doing everything as romance of reminiscence anymore. And I really want them to come up with something new. But that maybe is another story for a different podcast, not this one. <laughs> That's the thing. I think that we have, we were very, very lucky in that we had our, probably our formative years were mm. in the era of fantastic soundtracks and, ex- mm. and exciting movies that weren't formulaic. Mm. I mean, I love, don't get me wrong, I absolutely love Marvel and I can't wait for Black Widow to come out. Mm-hmm. But if I'm having an evening where I really just want to sit down and be entertained, I know that it has racist connotations, but I will pick up 16 Candles or mm. Pretty in Pink. or So we're going John Hughes. <laughs> or The Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. Or I will pick up Flash Dance, Dirty Dancing. I love my dance movies. Yep, I and love them too. Movies came out in the 80s. Yep. Late in the 80s, so yeah, yeah. So we've got Grease, um, Staying Alive, Dirty Dancing, Flash Dance, Footloose. Think of many more. I'm sure there's loads. There are loads. 
there are loads. So, yeah, no, I get it. It's it, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, they are the movies that I will turn to if I really want to just sit down and clear my mind of any of the junk that's been going on, either in the press or at work or anything else. Mm-hmm. If I want to get rid of my worries, I will watch one of those for entertainment and I will sing along to the songs. I'll find my, I'll tap my feet. I think one of the only films that comes close to having that kind of nostalgia is Mamma Mia. But then the entire soundtrack is 70s and 80s. <laughs> Coincidence? I think not. <laughs> well, let's let's pull this together. And um, obviously, there's not we're not going to put a chili pepper rating on a movie from 1984. Well, that we w- could do if it was nine and a half weeks. But <laughs> 87. But <laughs> there were some very very hot movies that came out in that era. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, there were. This is not they one also, of them. In terms they also of made some incredible horror movies in this mm-hmm. era. And that's why I can't watch horror movies. Because, because you were young when they came out. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I, I got... Man, The Wizard of Oz still creeps me out. But anyway, so the book we are reading for next week was sort of sort of my choice. It was like a ah, choice. I don't know what to pick. But it was a panic choice, be honest. It was a panic choice. It was... Joanna Lindsay's The Magic of You, and it was the story for Warren and Amy, and so if you have not picked that book up, we'll be talking about it in two weeks, so we would love for you to join us in two weeks when we discuss it, and is there anything else we need to say this afternoon or today, Ray? I think we should have renamed this episode The Romance of 1980s Movies, or Our Romance with 1980s Movies. Um (laughs) Our Love Affair. With the 1980s movies, dance movies. Yeah, but then that's the previous episode as well. <laughs> continued. Not yeah, continued. Our love, our love affair with 80s dance movies continued, yes. Should be to be continued. To be continued. Because there are a few more. <laughs> Three be continued, four be continued. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Where, where can people find you, Ray? Uh, people can find me at All About Ray on twitter i'm gathering momentum on there i do post quite frequently but it's um about mostly about reading and about my cat because she kind of absorbs most of my life and about mental health which is something that i don't talk about on here at all but i do talk about on twitter Mm -hmm. um i'm also i'm trying to think where else i am i'm at I'm all about ray.wordpress.com. But if you're looking for this Twitter, it's at ISN Romance. And we are romancenotdead.wordpress.com. Okay, perfect. If you're looking for me specifically, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Palmetto Blue. And we look forward to hearing from you and seeing you again in a couple of weeks. How would you like to sign out, Ray? Um keep on searching for your happily ever after and i will remind you that romance isn't dead it's alive and well on your bookshelf or maybe on your dvd case too bye bye